Christmas 2020 will be the most unusual Christmas we've ever experienced. It will not be what we have come to expect each December. Yet neither did the first Christmas deliver what was expected, nor did it come with all the warm accommodations. Perhaps we've been truly tranquilized by our traditions. Maybe the very best thing to reintroduce us to an authentic Christmas is to have a Christmas that doesn't land in what we have come to expect. In this episode of Keep It 100, we will talk about recalibrating your heart from the hustle to the holy, from materialism to the message, and from the busyness to the babe. We will also share our favorite Christmas memories. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight, your real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with the Smiths. We're coming at you from Northern Cal in the Bay Area. Or as we like to say in the Bay, the yay area. <laughs> I leave that to Sean because he nails it way better than me. You know, remember that song from 1951 by Meredith Wilson? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh yeah, of course. Right? It's classic. Right? It's one of the classics, but I have to say it's looking really different this year in 2020 coming into the Christmas season. Man, isn't that the truth? Yeah. This past week I was at a bank Krista and the teller I remember she was kind of doing my transaction she said to me I can't wait till next Christmas when I can be with all my family no mass no FaceTime no social distancing wow, that's and that's sad. when it dawned on me that man she's already looking past this Christmas she's discounted this Christmas and written it off and hoping that next Christmas can be the Christmas she wants wow and when you think about that you think of man this is a different year and a different Christmas it really is because everyone's always so excited about Christmas and you can tell that there's just like an underwhelming, well, here we are, it's Christmas time, but it doesn't have that same nostalgic feel as we've had in times past. That's true. And statistics back that up. There's a recent statistic that came out that says the number of new coronavirus cases has risen 51% just in the last month. You know, and in normal times, Christmas actually can be a hard season for a lot of people. We know this because of loss or the different things they've gone through, but we can also say there's been a bit of a loss in this season for kind of that nostalgic idea of what we believe believe Christmas is supposed to look like. This year, Krista, to your point, 2020 and the Rona have conspired to cause losses, not only the loss of jobs, physical contact, and lives, yes, tragically lives, but also the loss in personal worship and the loss of what we consider as normal. So true. So Pew Research, speaking of normal, asked people what they liked or disliked most about the Christmas holiday season. Okay, that's interesting. I can't wait to hear. What did they like? Well, what they liked was very interesting. 68% of Americans polled said they liked spending time with family and friends. Right, yeah. Yep, totally. 11% mentioned religious services going to church. Okay, awesome. Another 11% said looking forward to the Christmas spirit of joy and gladness. Okay, and 5% said music, decorations, and shopping. And I definitely wasn't part of that last 5% of shopping. That's not my favorite. But I thought it was interesting that 11% mentioned going to church and 11% mentioned gladness as if to say maybe there's a connection between those yeah. that are going to church and those who get the true Christmas spirit of joy and gladness. So true. Good point. You know, at that same research and that same poll, they polled what they disliked most about the Christmas holiday season. 33% said they don't like the commercialism and the materialism. True. Uh, 22% said they don't like the money and the expense because it's a lot of money for a lot of people. My. 
percent said the shopping and the crowds. They don't like that. Five percent said the hectic pace and the bad moods of people, which sadly true. I get that. Right. Two percent. This is interesting. Said they don't like the pressure to go to church. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And some people might be taken back by that. Yeah. But the truth be told. Remember, 11% mentioned the thing they look forward to the most was going to church. And only two out of every 100 said that the thing they disliked was going to church. So it's still a time in which more people are looking forward to getting into God's house than other times. So true. Which really, dislike and dislike portray this truth, Krista, that Christmas is a unique mix. One aspect is this meaningful season to reflect, remember the birth of Christ right. and the gift of life. The other side is a commercialized holiday where gifts sales, shopping sprees, and the race to get the popular toys rules the day, which reminds me of the classic movie with Sinbad and Schwarzenegger called Jingle All the Way. <laughs> Remember when they had to fight to get that Turbo Man? You know what's crazy? I don't think I've ever seen it. I know you love it, but I've never seen it. We, How about this? We, this Christmas baby, we're going to watch Jingle All the Way. That's my favorite Sinbad movie. <laughs> he is hilarious. He steals it. But again, it was about this popular toy that everybody had to get that year. It's so true and there's always every year the toy right and you know the website statistic brain has tracked the must-have christmas gift for the past few decades a few of the examples are and some of you listening may remember in 1983 everyone had to have the cabbage patch doll oh my, oh gosh. my gosh i wanted one so bad this is hilarious i didn't get it i ended up getting it for my birthday which is in february but i didn't get it for christmas instead my grandma had made me one at her sewing club and i have to be honest it was so ugly and it was so embarrassing after Christmas, I came back to school and everyone brought their Cabbage Patch doll. And mine was like oh. twice as big and homely. Oh. It was terrible. I was like, I had the big girl oh Cabbage Patch God. doll. It was like the worst. And you figure <laughs> ugly Cabbage Patch doll. All Cabbage Patch dolls was ugly. They called them Cabbage Patch because their face looked like a bad piece of cabbage in oh a patch. Oh my gosh. I loved them. And they had a certain smell. And anyone that had a Cabbage Patch doll, you know the smell. It was like, I don't know. It was like nostalgic. Okay, 1985. Remember, it was the $18 puppy pound that everyone had to have. And the puppy pound actually came in like a little carrier, dog carrier. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I totally remember the 18-pound puppy. That was so true. That was just a thing that everybody had to have in that era. Awesome. In 1989, American households then scrambled to get the new Game Boy. We all remember that. Followed by the 1995 Beanie Baby craze. Oh, that was and, still crazy. Right? And the 1996 Tickle Me Elmo frenzy. And what's really crazy is in we shift kind of to technology in the 2000s. Interesting. Right? And a new iPod in tw 2002. The Wii in 2006. Oh, yeah. The Angry Birds board game 2011. The Doc McStuffins doll in 2013. And come on, we all remember this in 2015. The Frozen single long Elsa doll. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> right. And today it's the 2020 Hatchimals Pixies Crystal Flyers, which honestly, I don't even know what that is. It's so crazy that every year there's always that thing that everyone went after. Yes. And I think some year. people still never let go of their beanie baby. It's like <laughs> You can go past oh their gosh. car on the freeway and you see in the rearview mirror, they got all their beanie babies. That's they true. Collected. They have them like stacked in the back. It's so funny. So true. Keep it 100. And our next segment, which we have come to enjoy and we're getting so much great feedback, yeah. is our 100% segment, also known as our Hundo P segment, where Kristen and I love 
to kind of bring up issues and ask each other questions. So Krista, here's the question of our Hundo okay, P segment. Okay, all right, all right. What is your most memorable Christmas? Ooh, good question. My most memorable Christmas, honestly, it has to be, I was like nine or 10 years old. And for those of you that maybe don't know me or just getting to know me, this might come as a surprise. But when I was a little girl, I was obsessed with drums and percussion and I just loved the Muppets. So Animal was the drummer on the Muppets and he went absolutely berserk and crazy on the trap set, on the drum set. And I loved it. And I had this vision that I was going to be animal on the drum set. So I asked my parents for the Muppet drum set, the trap set, and they gave it to me one Christmas and I didn't know I was going to get it. I opened it up Christmas morning. I went crazy. I was like, what? I just couldn't even believe my dad right after we were done opening up gifts, set it up for me. And I literally thought I was animal. And my parents, of course, did not put it in the center of the house. They put it in the back of the house. It was very cold in the laundry room and let me go crazy. But I had have to wonder if they kind of regretted getting it for me eventually, but it was awesome as a kid to be able to get that dream gift that you always wanted. So for me, it's so nostalgic, that Muppets trap set, best gift ever. What about you? You know, mine is kind of split between two, but the one first one that I'd like to share with with it was a tough time financially for my family. It was my mom and my grandma and, and my mom was really working a couple of jobs and we, we were struggling to keep food on the table at that time. And a Christmas came and there was only one present underneath the tree and it was to me. And I was aware of friends that had like, man, mounds of presents underneath the tree. So I remember even at seven years of age saying to my mom, mom is Santa Claus. I still believe in Santa Claus at the time. Is Santa Claus prejudice? I just didn't Aww. understand why all these other kids would get all these gifts Aww. and I would get one present. Well, so- my mom was very good. She helped me. Santa Claus is not prejudiced. She took down that false narrative. But she talked about, you know, the the thing that we really were could be thankful about was that we had a family, we had a roof over our head, and that we were alive. And so I, I she kind of helped me move from what I was getting to what I'd already That's got. That's so good. And then I think of, and by the way, that one present was a Hot Wheel track. Aww. So I had to push it. It wasn't the kind where the, you, you had to, you know, the, the things that would make the cars go on their own. I had to push it across the track. But nevertheless, Hot Wheels and a little track was a big deal. And then I remember when I was 17. So now 10 years later, my mom has graduated, went back to school, graduated from school, got a degree, is now a full-time nurse at Kaiser Permanente Medical Association. She gets enough money and we move out of our apartment to where she bought this house, this starter home. And we were like George and Wheezy off the Jefferson. It was moving <laughs> on up. And I remember that first Christmas in our new house. Again, there wasn't a lot of presents, maybe a couple more. Each of us had a gift underneath the tree, but it wasn't a lot. Uh, I'm 17. But I remember thinking, wow, all that work of 10 years of what my mom did. Amazing. And although I didn't know the Lord and right about that time, my grandmother had come to know the Lord. But again, I had a family, I had a roof over my head, I had blessings, and now I realize even the house we had was something special. So those are kind of my two earlier memorable. Man, yours are so deep and powerful and like life-changing, and I talked about a Muppet trap set. Uh, That's great. I love it though. I love what you shared. Mine was just comedy, but yours is like legitimately phenomenal. So, okay. Another question I have for you then is what in your opinion then gets in the way of people really experiencing the true meaning of Christmas? That's a great question. And, and it's a question I have given some thought to. There are a lot of ways I could go, but I feel like the thing that gets in the way of the true meaning of Christmas is often the celebration of Christmas. Yeah. It's crazy as it sounds. Good. It's good. the tradition. Yeah. Sometimes we've allowed the traditions and trappings that we associate, whether it's family tradition, cultural tradition, American tradition, and I know we have listeners from all over the globe, but our traditions can get in the way 
of really what it's meant to expose. Now, let me give an example of that. In Mark 7, 13, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and said to them that you've allowed the traditions of men to nullify the word of God. And what he's saying is a tradition is actually meant to represent something. But the danger of a tradition is when it takes the place of what the truth was meant to deliver. And I think we've gotten to the place where in some instances, the tradition of how we celebrate Christmas has gotten them in the way of the truth of Jesus coming into the world and what that represents for all of us. So I would say tradition is one of the things that gets in the way of true meaning of Christmas. How about for you, what in your opinion gets in the way of the true meaning of Christmas? You know, I love what you share and kind of, I guess, in addition to that is materialism and superficiality. And really, I think it's really easy to become caught up in the consumerism of Christmas and lose sight of the significance of this moment in the season. We're so busy being in the hustle and bustle of it, we forget that this is really about the person of Jesus. This is really about our Messiah. Messiah and our Savior, and really understanding that, you know, God gave his only son to write the story of redemption and write this, write the narrative of mercy for all of us. And in that, uh, we can get so caught up in the stuff, we actually forget what's really important. So I think that's a real challenge for a lot of people. And it's really easy because our intentions are good, um, but we can get kind of waylaid and focused on the wrong things. That point really leads me to this thought, because I think that so illustrates in the class Dr. Seuss annual animated movie that they would show, which has since been made into a live movie. And I think there's at least three different versions of The Grinch out. Yes, The Grinch is so Christmas. I (laughs) remember The Grinch was like straight gangster. First of all, he was hood. (laughs) He was folding up the Christmas trees like an umbrella. He stole the last can of hoo hash, a little crumb drop, a mouse was coming to get a snatch. The crumb from the mouse. I always loved that. And on the way up, took the log out of their fireplace. I mean, he was hood, y'all. <laughs> but I loved it when he got all of the presents up on the tree, him and his dog, and are looking down and he's expecting to see the people of Whoville, that was all the people down there, who are robbed of their possessions. He expected them to be all bummed out. And he was shocked, and we all know this scene in the movie, that all of a sudden the people of Whoville are all happy. They gather around the tree and they start singing, they fahu fores, dahu dores, welcome Christmas, all that stuff. And then in the original, the narration comes on and the narrator says he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling how it could be so. And then there's this monologue from the Grinch that I love. Kristen, he says this spiel. He says, it came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. I think the Grinch captures it perfectly. And I think in our own way, this pandemic has been a bit of a Grinch moment for us. And we have that Whoseville moment where we're just recognizing stuff has been stripped, stolen, and taken away. And yet when we really recognize what's actually really important, we can have one of the most joyful, best Christmases possibly we've ever had. Because maybe all the stuff that distracted us from what it's really all about has been removed. But what What's left is one another. What's left is these relationships in our life. What's left is actually the joy of our relationship with Jesus. And really, that's what this time is all about. Wow. I could throw my shoe at you. And for those of you who don't know that, there's not abuse. That means (laughs) somebody's really singing on the voice. You're going to throw your shoe or they're really preaching you to throw their shoe. But I really connect that to in the Bible in Luke chapter 2. And it is about uh, in, the, in the middle, just after what we would consider the biblical 
Christmas story is there's this righteous man by the name of Simeon. And Simeon had been given a prophecy that he wouldn't die until he held the consolation of Israel, which would be Jesus. And so we're moving from this thought of the grown-up problems that Simeon at that time, they're facing Roman uh, oppression, Roman taking over the Jewish cities. They're Romanizing or colonizing them and bringing them into Roman culture. In addition to that, you had this tyrannical King Herod that issued a census that drove everyone out of their home. You had to go back to a certain place for this senses. Uh, he's also issuing, had issued a death threat for all baby boys. So you're, you're dealing with the fact that they're killing babies looking for Jesus. And of course, he sent three hit men or three wise men, but they end up not killing Jesus, but worshiping him. And you just think you had grown up problems, but at the same time, you had this baby Jesus. And Simeon's prophecy was this. He was blessed and he had Mary and Jesus and Joseph there. And the Bible says in Luke 2, verse 34, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. And essentially, if I could break it down for our Keeping 100 listeners, Simeon was essentially saying, that baby is going to be the most radical person that ever walked the face wow, of the earth. Wow, so true. That baby is going to turn the known world upside down. Come on. And we've got to understand that that baby wasn't just wrapped in swaddling clothes, but it was wrapped in prophecy. Ooh. It was spoken that the babe would come from Bethlehem. So good. And so whereas King Herod thought he was issuing a census, it was really a fulfillment of prophecy to get the babe to come out of Bethlehem. And you just got to understand, folks, that that Jesus story of Christmas isn't just about a baby coming forth in a manger because there was no room in the inn. It was about God literally bringing the most radical mercy movement ever to a sin-sick planet mm. because he didn't remain a baby. Thank you, Jesus. I know everybody loves that that line in the Will Ferrell movie where he gave grace and thanked baby Jesus, but he's not baby Jesus anymore. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come he's on. the great I am. And it just reminds me just to challenge everyone. During this time of year, it's easy for us to think of Jesus as a sweet baby in a manger. Our songs are about him being tender and mild and how he lays down his sweet head, no crying he makes. And all these wonderful songs, they're awesome. But my thing is, I think we can sometimes sentimentalize Christmas into being about a baby, and we forget that baby grew up to be the Messiah. Come on. Who died on the cross for our sins, who rose from the grave, who ascended mm. to the Father, who gave us Holy Spirit, lives in us now. That's who that baby grew up to be. Come on. What a powerful statement of what this time, Christmas time, is all about. Keep it 100 Tribe, as always, we want you to walk away with some takeaways. Yes. And this week, takeaways, we are calling five indicators that the Grinch has stole your Christmas. I love that. Sean came up with it. And I was like, I love it. It's thank so you, good. Thank you. Come on. Five indicators the Grinch has stole your Christmas. Number one, hustling and bustling has overtaken your season. That's when you know the Grinch has stole your Christmas. Mm -hmm. And what we mean is if your hustling is outweighing your hope, is if your bustling is overriding your blessing, that means the Grinch has gotten in your Christmas and the focus has come off of what this time's all about. If hustling bustling has become more of your normal and more of your pace, then resting and focusing on who Jesus is in this time and being intentional about connecting with his presence, nothing could be more important than this time of reflection and even contemplation of what Jesus did so you and I could have the life and the covenant that we walk in because of what happened 
happen during this Christmas season. The second takeaway to indicate if the Grinch has stolen your Christmas is we give into an isolation mentality rather than a congregation mentality, meaning we're forgoing friends and family. We have to understand family is what matters at this season and this time and matters in the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you, even in the midst of COVID, social distancing, there's a lot of states like California that are on major, major lockdown right now. And we're highly encouraged to not join together, not gather, not leave our home, et cetera, et cetera. We can find ourselves in really challenging circumstances. And here's what I simply want to say, regardless if you choose to gather in person or not, because I know people have a variety of reasons. I won't speak to that, but I will speak to being intentional about leaning into the relationships in your life. Take time to call that person, to FaceTime, to actually have an uninterrupted conversation with your loved ones. See them on FaceTime. It may not be ideal. It may not be what you choose to do. Or if you do choose to get together, be intentional about having time with people during this season. We are called to be in community, not to be islands. We're called to be in relationship and not to be isolated. This is so important as we understand we were created for relationship. Number three, the third indicator is whether or not the Grinch has stole your Christmas is that you let COVID and circumstantial conditions cloud your shine. And yes, we're in the midst of a pandemic and we recognize that uh, vaccination is on its way. And obviously there are questions about that and whether or not you should take it, whether or not it'd be enforced, mandatory, all those things. It's so easy to look at that, look at the economy, look at the political standpoint, look at the ramifications of what will happen. But the truth be told is all those things can just cloud your shine. They could just become dark clouds or cause it to be the darkest night. But you have to understand the Christmas, original Christmas story began with shepherds who were the lowest of the low. They had the lowest condition. They were minimum, minimum wage earners in the midst of feeling the pinch of Roman oppression. And it was in the darkest of night that all of a sudden the dark night was set aglow by angels that came and said to him, have joy and be of good cheer. And I believe that just like the shepherds first Christmas message was that there was joy. Good news was being released. We need to recognize we cannot allow the circumstances of darkness of our hour to cloud our shine either. Ooh, so good. The fourth takeaway is to elevate indulgence over benevolence. We know we have missed it if we are elevating indulgence over benevolence, meaning if we are more focused on getting than giving. And what I love is there could be nothing more representing who Jesus is, who God the Father is in this time than giving. Because we recognize that God gave his only son so you and I could walk in the narrative of redemption and mercy. And just like God the Father and Jesus the Son, what I love about this is you and I are called to be givers and not just receivers. We're called to be a blessing to those around us. And when people are in our presence, they know that we're different because we're followers of Jesus. That's a big one, everybody. I hope you really get that, that we need to emphasize giving rather than getting. Yeah, come on. And whatever that may be, there could be a family in need. There could be someone, a need that you hear about, someone that maybe their kids aren't going to get gifts. You might even hear about the one that's only going to get one present underneath the tree, but you can make a difference for someone. And I think when you do that, you're really getting to the real essence of what Christmas is about. And that leads me to the five indicator that the Grinch has not stole your Christmas is that one of the things is we overlook the true essence of Christmas missing the spiritual for the cultural. And what I mean by that is that sometimes you have to take a moment and refocus on what is the real spiritual meaning behind Christmas and not just the cultural commercial version. 
And what I mean by that is the spirit of Christmas needs to be superseded by the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christmas is annual, but the spirit of Christ, help me somebody, is eternal. Come on. The spirit of Christmas is sentimental, but the spirit of Christ is supernatural. That's what we need, a supernatural breakthrough, supernatural joy. Some people need supernatural comfort this month. The spirit of Christmas is a human product, but the spirit of Christ is a divine person. And that person and your faith connects your heart to the gift that is the greatest gift of all. And it's not the gift underneath your tree. It's not the gift in that envelope or what you could purchase with the gift card. That gift is that babe of Bethlehem who grew, who took on the sins of the world, that died on the cross, resurrected on the third day, that ever lived to make intercession for you. And he's coming again. That person... Jesus makes all the difference in the world. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas to the Keep It 100 tribe. I tell you what, Sean and I are so privileged to share this Christmas season with you. Let's continue to dig deeper in our walk with Jesus and make this season all about Jesus. We want to thank you for taking the time to tune in and be with us every single Tuesday. And if you haven't already, subscribe so you know when a new podcast episode gets released. Continue to rate, review, and refer, and even share this link on your social media platform. Help us get the word out. We would so appreciate that. We Hey, we have a new website that's coming out here pretty soon, Come so on, check somebody. out com and find us on Facebook at Shauna Chris Smith Ministries. We'd love to hear how this podcast has impacted you. Also, keep your 100 tribe. You do not want to miss next week which will be our last Keep It 100 episode of 2020. It is also the last of season one. We will begin season two. And we are going to talk about this year in review. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. But we also, as a treat, want to give you our take on a next year preview. What is God saying for 2021? So you definitely want to tune in next week. Keep your 100 tribe. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it